Uh, yeah, the Lord's speaking through many in this place. Amen. You know, money, money uh, God doesn't have an issue with it. Um, it's, it's not the root of all evil. It's the love of it that is. Um, and uh, I like it. I like to say this, that, you know, it's a tool. Like a hammer is, is a tool in, in your hand. You can do great things with a hammer. You can build schools. You can build a house. You can build stuff. But put a hammer in the... Um, where's my keyboard player going? Oh, could, maybe you can like tag team or something. I, I don't know. Uh, but if you're happy, if you could, uh, I don't want to preach, preach long, and Tony will help me uh, this morning. Because uh, already we've, we've received quite a lot already in our spirits. Who, the Lord's been speaking, and it's, 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 been, it's actually really, I feel like, man, the Lord, I'm satisfied. <laughs> there is a little bit more, but, but praise the Lord. But, but here, here's the deal. A hammer in a builder's hand can produce some good things, but a hammer in a murderer's hand, how many know that's devastating? And so um, money in your hand is a tool, but money in your heart is poison. So money in your hand is a tool, but money in your heart becomes poisonous because it, it has you now. Stuff in your hands is, is just stuff in your hands that you can use and enjoy. Nothing wrong with enjoying stuff, you know. Um, uh, I want to check out photographs of that, that Beamer. And hey, if you drive a Skoda, you know, please do not be offended. I'm pretty sure, <laughs> I was thinking, you know, that, the pastor in me was like, oh gosh, who's got a Skoda? You know, let me, I, I, was, I was thinking, does anyone drive a Skoda in our church, you know? Because I want to love on them afterwards and reassure them it's okay, you know? Skodas are good. I think, I think VW bought Skoda, anyhow. Not BM, uh, BMW, but VW, Volkswagen. German, you know, it's German. My mom was German. Don't diss my... Uh, it's German, right? Yeah. <laughs> it was Eastern European, but now it's Central Europe. Yeah, well, it's, it's, anyway, Western Europe. Anyway, what am I saying? Um, yeah, God wants uh, us to enjoy things, but He do, and, and to have things, but 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 for us to have things, not for the things to have us. Um, and um, and just uh, turning your Bible real fast here this this morning, and I'll just jump, kind of segue right into the message. It's interesting because, um, uh, you know, various different, in, various different individuals who got up this morning already to share from their, their, their spirits. It's like, man, the scriptures that I was going to start with. So like half my message is already preached. <laughs> this is kind of cool. I like it. Uh, but, um, but here in Matthew's gospel, Matthew chapter 6, verses 19, I'm going to read. Uh, a couple of verses here, a few verses. It says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Um, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in. They cannot break in. They can't tamper with the treasure Jesus is talking about here. Uh, they can't break, they can't steal it from you. There is, there, you have two treasures. You've got a, you've got an account on earth and you've got, who's got a bank account? You know, you've got a natural bank account, but you've also got a heavenly eternal bank account. 
Now, this economic world system could crash and you could lose everything that's in, in, in your stocks and shares or what's in the bank. It's very fragile. I said it's very fragile. All that stuff could be, gone, be, could be here one day and gone the next. Um, you know, someone could, could break into your BMW or, or your, most likely, you, yeah, they'll break into a BMW, not a Skoda. But um, they could break in to your stuff. Um, and um, maybe it's the other way around because they'll think, you know, this guy spent all his money on his car, so maybe he has no stuff in his car. Maybe there's a bunch of stuff in the Skoda because <laughs> he saved his money. So no, just a thought that came to me. But um, our stuff can be tampered with, our natural stuff, but there is heavenly treasures. And Jesus said, don't lay up treasures on earth where it can be tampered with, but lay up, verse 20, lay up for yourselves, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, where the thief cannot break in and steal. For where your treasure is, that's where your, that's where your heart will be. You know, Paul the Apostle, to those in Philippi, he said in a Philipp, uh, Philippians chapter 4, verses 17, he said, you know, not that I want to give from you, but I want that, uh, that, um, that fruit may abound to your account. So you would say, you guys have got an account. You've got an account on earth and you've got an account in heaven. And, and how long that fruit may abound to your account. That, that, that your account naturally and eternally, your eternal account gets beefed up. Amen. He also said this in Philippians chapter 2 verses 3. He said, um, he said let nothing be done through selfish ambition." Let nothing be done through selfish ambition. And then verse 20, the same chapter he said concerning Timothy. He said, uh, uh, I have no one like-minded who will sincerely care for your state. For all seek their own. Isn't that something? So many people are selfish. So many people are seeking their own. Selfish. And he's like, man, I'm struggling to find anyone who's like-minded. Who, who is God-centered, who's thinking about other people, not just about themselves. It seems like stuff has got them. Um, verse 22. But you know his proven character, Timothy's, that as a son with his father, he served with me in the gospel. Whoa. Now, Paul said, um, this sacrificial life is, is going to do something to your eternal account. It's going to fill it. It's gonna, you're going to lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. And he said this, you know, it's not all, you know, um, it's, it's, it's not painful. It's actually quite enjoyable. Turn, turn to Corinthians real fast. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Verses 15, it says, I am gladly willing to spend, this is what Paul said, to those in Corinth. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, 15, he said, I'm gladly willing to spend and be spent, notice this, for your souls. What a heart. He said, you know, spent, I, I'm, I'm, you know, we are to spend, I spend my life and I, and, and I don't mind being spent 
for your souls. Amazing. You know, when, when we look at uh, week 28 of our strength and devotion, I hope you're tracking with the devotional. Is it being a blessing to anybody? If you haven't got a copy, you know, we'd love to give you one. Um, but, um, but it's designed, I believe, by the Holy Spirit to strengthen us, you know, throughout the course of this, uh, this year and to study. And the focus is all about, um, you know, uh, the heart, not, uh, not just the apron. It's about serving, yes, and being uh, and spending for, for the sake of other people and being willing to be spent, but, but having your heart engaged in that. Not just wearing the apron, and doing all the right stuff, but, but having the heart. And, um, and I just think that the Spirit of God, you know, wants to challenge us, you know, on the back of everything that's been said already. It's like, how self-centered are we? You know, how much, how, how much are we consumed with getting the latest this and the latest that? And, well, what about, why, why don't we just shift and go, what does my neighbor need? Well, what, what does the person across um, the street need? Um, let me ask this, and I was speaking to uh, Eric Afoma. Where are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah there, there you are. The man in the denim. He's pretty cool. Um, rolled up sleeves. He's, he's really cool. Um, but this guy, um, he was sharing to me, I believe it was you, you were saying you were in the supermarket, and, uh, and the joy that came on you when, you, when, when the person in front, who was at the ch- you know, cash, um, what do you call those things? You know, praise the Lord, yeah, she, paying for the cashier, trying to pay for her groceries, you know, her shopping, um, for one reason or another, you know, her card wasn't working, and so he just stepped in and paid paid for her, her, her shopping, and she was overwhelmed by it, like, oh, wow, you know, and it did something to you, it was, it was great, you know, there, there's opportunities to do something for people, you know, even if the card doesn't decline, you know, hasn't declined yet, you can reach, reach forward with your phone and Apple Pay and just do it, you know, uh, I know you guys do this, and, uh, I know, you know, I know no one's wanted to get attention, and, you know, certainly Eric, you know, didn't share that story to me, you know, for me to tell you how good he is, not just how cool he is, but how good he is, you know. But there's opportunities to be a blessing. And I just wonder how many opportunities are we, are we, um, are we missing? Are we willing to spend for the sake of other people and be spent? And, um, and Paul said, I am gladly willing, in other words, this does something for me. It produces a measure of gladness and joy that I just can't seem to get any other way other than living this kind of lifestyle. And this is exactly what Jesus modeled. And if you understand this, this is going to be, I'm telling you, this is one of the keys. Talking about the blessing. We believe in the blessing around here. Amen. Anyone believe you're blessed? Come on now. You believe you're blessed? Yeah. You're either blessed or you're cursed. You know, that's it. So which one are you? <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're blessed. Amen. Uh, we're blessed people. We belong with Jesus. You know, we're not looking for the blessing. The blessing is looking for us. Amen. I'm not looking for the goodness. You know, the goodness is looking for us. It follows us daily. I mean, there's two things that follow me all the time. His goodness and His mercy. They just follow me. I mean, they just follow me. They stalk me out. You know, everywhere I go, His goodness is just like, guys, I can't get away from you. You know, it's kind of creepy sometimes, but in a good way, you know, because it's God's goodness and His mercy, you know. Um, but, uh, but we're blessed. And one of the keys to, to accessing that, that blessing, like I talked about, accessing the stuff that God's put in the room for you, opening the door and how to access that, is some of the stuff we're talking about. 
and it's in the devotion. Jesus modeled it in John chapter 13. He, 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 um, the Bible says he laid aside his garment, which is, you know, often the Bible talks about, and it's quite prophetic, you know, when, you know, there's an anointing, there's a, there's a, uh, there's a, uh, there's a mantle. It, it's representative of the anointing. You know, Jesus was anointed by the Holy Spirit. Something was on him, and, and he was anointed by the Holy Ghost and with power, given both to preach, to preach, declare the good news to the poor, to set at liberty those who have been bound. Come on out to to set people free, to help people who are blind see and and the lame walk and. The first anointing that Jesus claimed he had was an anointing to minister to the poor. He said, the Spirit of God is upon me. He's anointed me to preach to the poor. First anointing he claimed he had was an anointing to minister and help people who are without. So I don't mind being spent. In fact, I think that's where Paul got it from. Amen. And in Matthew, uh, so John, John 13, Jesus is, he, he laid aside his garment, went foot level and started, and you find it all in the devotion. He went foot level and started washing his disciples' feet and serving other people. And um, he asked his disciples after doing all of this in, in verse 12, he says, do you know what, I have done to you. Do you know what I'm doing? Like, do you, do you understand this whole concept of humility and serving? Do you get this? Because if you don't get this, uh, then you miss out on a lot of stuff. He's showing them how to serve. Verse 15, he said for, this is John 13, 15. He said, for I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. That you should do as I have done to you. And if you know these stuff, if you understand this, if you know these things, blessed. See the key to the blessing? Blessed are those who do them. Whoo, glory to God. Thank you, Father. And then in Matthew's gospel, Matthew 20, 26, and he said, whoever desires to be great, whoever desires to walk in great blessing or be great among you must, he said, there's something that must happen. He said, must be a servant. Must be a servant. In other words, man, you can't get above this serving stuff. You can't get above... um, Serving other people, it's the greatest thing. If you want to be great, the greatest thing you want, you want to know, hey, it is, there's nothing above serving. Serving your community, serving one another, being generous with your time, your resources, all that stuff. Hallelujah. The, do you know the place that God prepares us for great things is in the field of service. You know, do you know where God finds people to promote? He finds them in fields of service. When, when God was looking for his next king to anoint, a king to anoint, do you know what? He, he knew where, where David was. He was in the field looking after someone else's sheep. That's what he was doing. You want to you be found by God? I don't want to be found and located by God. 
it's found. He sees you. He sees you serving and helping other people. I know this is very simple. It sounds very Christian because it is. <laughs> it's both. It's very simple and it's, and it's, and it's very Christian. Amen. Uh, but I hope it is helping us. Amen. Now, the title, and I would be amiss not to share from Luke 10 before I get on to some other things that I want to close on, is this, um, because the title of the devotion this week is uh, Wear the Heart, Not Just the Apron. You have this story in Luke 10, 40, where it says Martha was distracted by much serving. And we can, we can do all the stuff, and we could be do, doing all the serving and all the giving. And, uh, but, but, you know, how many know you could give everything away, but if, if you're not motivated, motivated by love, it's just, you're just, you're just annoying. <laughs> Jesus' words, it's just a clanging symbol. You're just, um, you're doing a lot of stuff, but... Um, if the heart's not there, and if you're not willing to do it, you may as well not even do it. You know what I mean? You, you may as well just not do it. You know, don't wear the apron if you're not bringing the heart. Well, Martha, she was wearing the apron. She was serving, but she was distracted by the, her much service. And she approached him, him being Jesus, and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister, Mary, is, has left me to serve alone? Have you ever felt that where you felt like, man, I'm doing all the hours in. I'm helping my community. I'm like the only one who cares about my street. I'm, a, I'm the only one who comes early for church or whatever. Uh, you know, you know, can we, you understand what I'm saying? And, you're so, and I feel alone. Tell her to help me. She's, getting, uh, she's doing what she's called to do, but she's, getting, uh, she's having an um, emotional meltdown because others aren't doing what, what, what she should be doing with all of her heart, not thinking about other people. Wow. She's wearing the apron, but if you wear the apron and don't bring the heart of ser servanthood, then you may as well not even bring the apron. You hearing me? Thank you for your overwhelming like, excitement this, 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 this morning. Praise the Lord. Maybe I should bring Scott back up and, you know, you can <laughs> tell us some funny uh, Greek words. Amen. Did you like that? You know, the Greek word for substance is spelled S-T-U-double-F now. It's double stuff. Double F. <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. But notice this. Verse 42. Jesus said, concerning marriage, said, but one thing is, is needed and Mary has chosen that good part. What was Mary doing? She was at the feet of Jesus, listening to him, hearing, taking the bread of life. Amen. And, she sa and he says, which will not be taken from her. Now, God, and here's where I want to close, and this is what jump, jumped out to me. And I feel this. I feel this real strong on the back of what's being shared, the scripture that, um, that Scott brought, the scripture that Evie brought from Jeremiah 29, things that were prayed out in, the, in, in, in prayer beforehand. God lets you choose. Mary has chosen that good part. Tell me here. It's not, it's not, simple, it's not a difficult question because this is a very simple message. If there's a good part, what else could there be? There could be a bad part. If there, if there couldn't be, you couldn't distinguish something as being a good part unless there was a bad part so there are bad stuff you can choose 
but there are some good things you can choose too. And Mary had a choice, and in life, for every area of your life, and this is what I felt in my spirit, that God gives you choices and chances. Someone say that. Choices and chances. God gives you choices. Choose this day. In fact, Joshua 20, 24, 10, he says, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable, it says in the new, new, uh, uh, new international version, if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your the gods of the ancestors serve. But then he goes on to say this. But as for me, I can't speak for you. I can't speak for uh, for Mary or anyone else. But as for me and my house, my choice is this: I'm gonna I'm gonna serve I'm gonna serve the Lord. The choice is yours. Well, there's the you know there's things that just seem undesirable. You're asking me, is God asking me to even choose? Yeah, because Proverbs 14, 12 says this. There is a way that seems right to a man, but it leads, it ends, it ends. That, that way, every path, every way, there is an end. And he goes on and says, but that end, its end is the way of death. Choices and chances. Choices and chances. Chances is, thank God for chance, choices. Thank God for choices. But thank God for chances because if you make the wrong choice, guess what? God gives you a second chance, a third chance, a fourth chance, a fifth chance, a sixth chance to do what? To make the right choice. <laughs> Deuteronomy 30 verse 19, it says, I call heaven and earth as witness today against you. That I have set before you, every one of us, life or death, blessing or cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants. Because if you choose, as for me and my household, you and your descendants, your household, may live. What you choose can determine between life or death. I'm serious. This is actually serious for, for, for maybe more than just a two, two or three in here. Choices. God's giving you chance. And he's giving you chance, chances, chance after chance after chance. But there's certain choices that you've got to choose. Oh, glory. It says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 from the Amplified Classic, it says, For we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. Born anew that we may do these good works which God has predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths. Don't say paths, paths, plural, paths, which he prepared ahead of time that we should, not that we would, that we, because God doesn't step, stipulate whether we will or not. He says that you should, something that we should do, that we should walk on, that we should walk in living the good life. You believe in the good life? What's the alternative? The bad life. <laughs> who believes in the good life amen the good life which he has prearranged and made ready for us to live God has hear me 
God has a perfect plan. Jeremiah 29, I'll be sure God has plans for you. He has good thoughts for you. He thinks well of us. He's prearranged stuff for us. He's gone ahead into our future. And He's made arrangements for each and every one of us. God has a perfect plan. But do you know what? Like Catherine Kuhlman, she wasn't the first one that God beelined to and asked. asked. I know, I believe, I, I have no doubt about it. We were not the first ones God, God asked to start this, this kind of church in this town. I guarantee it. I know it in my heart. I know it. Having prayed, the Lord revealed certain things to me. We were not the first choice. I don't, I don't care if we, if we were or not. But, but when he came to us and asked us, never forget that time when he asked us. And we had a choice and we chose. And it wasn't very desirable, can I be honest? I did not, it naturally, my head didn't want to do it, but I had a choice to make. Because I never saw myself as somebody who would speak in front of people. I wanted to help, you know. You know help, let me help behind the scenes. I don't want to be seen uh, to facilitate. You know, that's just my personality is that way. I, you know, I love people, but I'm not an extrovert, you know. Um, but, but let someone else, let someone else stand in front of people, every, you know, every Sunday and speak. But never mind that. It's not about personal preference. It's about choices. And God said, hey, look, I prearranged some stuff for you. And so the perfect plan, hear me now, the perfect plan doesn't always happen but do you know what God does God has a perfect plan for the perfect plan that did not happen because God knows and he's smarter than the average bear tell your neighbor and just remind him he's smarter than you just tell him I I know you're pretty smart and and good looking and talented and all that good stuff um and and cool cool um but but God's smarter than you (laughs) <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to pop your, your, your balloon, but I've, I've got to, you know. You're not as smart as God. I can see, I can see mine writing that down, you know. Um, Scott will, you know, give the, the, the Greek rendering and amplification, uh, you know, version of all of this, you know. But, um, but God's plan, God has a perfect plan for the perfect plan that didn't happen because God's smarter than us and God knows he's smart. He understands that we are given a choice. But he also knows he's given us chances, but he knows that there are consequences to wrong decisions. And also at times we're at the mercy uh, of other people's choices. So what do you do when God's perfect plan for that marriage working out didn't happen like God had, had perfectly planned for that marriage to work out because you're not uh, manipulative. You are not, um, you know, the one who controls your, your wife or your husband. And if they decided and made a bad choice in error to walk away from that relationship, what do you do? God has a perfect plan for the perfect plan that did not happen. And this is why it says paths, plural, that we should walk on. So God, God, God knows how to locate us. Oh, God knew ahead of time that the original plan wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't happen. But God's a planner. 
He foresaw, thank you. <laughs> Martin, uh, also write this down. Don't laugh at the preacher when he stumbles. <laughs> Come on, write it down. Come on, where's Hannah? Tell it. Can, can you please check on him? Are you writing that down? Are you taking notes? All right, Martin came to church, you know, and he's not taking notes when I'm asking him to. Come on, Martin. Note takers are history makers. <laughs> I saw you laugh. I heard you laugh at me. Anyway, praise the Lord. God saw ahead of time. Amen. This is comforting. I said it's comforting. Now, now this don't give us the freedom to just go and make whatever choices we want to make because God is a, a giver of choices and chances. So I'll just take, I'll just take you know, a chance down the line. No, you got to, there are consequences. And so here's a word. You want to hear the, the word that I wanted to land at? Here, here. Pause and ponder the path that you're on. Because every choice that you're making right now are steps on a, that path. And there is an end destination to every path. So if you keep on going down that path without pondering the path you're on, without really challenging certain choices that you're making, guess what? You're going to end up at the end of that path, and you're going to go, how on earth did we end up here? If you don't pause to ponder. How did we end up here with our marriage? How did, we, how, how did our kids turn out the way they are? I mean, how are we here? What God is here? How are we here financially? What, how on earth are we in this financial state? What you, you had choices, you had chances, but you didn't take the chance, and you ended up where you are in that destination. Because every path has an end destination. What is it? Every every one of us this week, we all made choices, which were steps down a path that are affecting our money, our relationships, our relationship with the Lord. Your feet are on a path. Ask yourself, ask yourself, what is it? What is it? I'm going to have to skip a few things here. I just took some extra notes when I was sat in the back room just a few minutes before service. God has a plan. And even when we make decisions or others make choices not according to the plan, it doesn't mean God, God doesn't know what to do next. He builds another path for you to take so that you get to the same place that the original plan was designed to get you to. Here's the word. It's not over. The mercy, where's mercy gone? She's hiding. I knew you were over here somewhere. Thank you for helping me preach this morning, mercy. It reminded me before the service. The love of God and the mercy of God builds another path for you that will still get you to the place, the original place that the original perfect plan had for you. Because God is determined to get you there. Wherever it is, He's determined to get you there. Whew. Well, I thought my life would go this way. 
I thought it would look like this. Well, it doesn't mean that it won't end up looking like that. It just may mean there is a different route to get there. Last scripture. Isaiah, who could you stand up as we close this, this morning? Who believes you've heard from the Lord this morning? Amen. Me too. Who's going to pause and ponder? Me too. Me too. Here's a word for you. Isaiah 43 verses 18. Do not remember the former things. Nor consider the things of old. Behold. Behold. I will do a new thing. Come on, lift up your hands. Well, well, when, when, when am I to forget and when am I to embrace the new? He said, now. Someone say now. Now. It shall spring up. Woo, come on now. Shall you not know it? I will even make a new road, whoo, a new path in the wilderness. But, I, but, but, I, but I'm in the desert. A river, come on now, for you to jump in your boat and, and travel down to get to where God wants you. He will make a river in the desert. But what he's going to do, he's going to get you there. He's getting you there. I don't care how far off you've gone and how far away you are. Desert, the wilderness, don't matter. He knows. He knows how to get you there. Because He is a God of choices. He's a giver of choices and a giver of chances. Father, we very humbly lift up our hands in honor and surrender to you as the worship team comes. And we, we ask you, Lord, for your mercy and your goodness and your grace to locate and build a new path as we consecrate ourselves to you. In this time with hands lifted and as we close in worship, Father, we, we do what we've heard. We, we, Scott read it from Proverbs chapter 3. We acknowledge you. We don't lean on our own understanding. We don't care if it's undesirable. We make the right choice. And we'll find actually this is the most desirable journey I could have ever embraced because it was God designed. It was you authored. It was you prepared. And it's getting me to the place I need to. Even though I'm so far off, Father, thank you for making a way. So, Lord, as we acknowledge you, come on, acknowledge his presence. Just lift up your hands. Acknowledge him by lifting up your voice as well. Father, we acknowledge your presence. We lean not on our own understanding, but in all of our ways, Lord. Oh, we acknowledge you and you direct us on our path, on the paths designed for us. Thank you, Father, that you have a perfect plan for the perfect plan that didn't happen. But the perfect plan, the original plan had a place. And you're still going to get us there because you're that good. And we praise you and we honor you for your goodness this morning.